Uh, so so, so uh, before we get started in the Word, we actually had a wonderful week this week, fast week. We had some great uh, people to share. Uh, you guys can stand on your feet just so we can acknowledge you, you uh, wonderful fast week teachers. You know, as Minister, as Minister Lamar said, it was, uh, uh, it was like the Gospels. It was, it was people were saying the same thing from so many different angles. And uh, Fast Week is so powerful. Something here we do at the church once a quarter. Um, and, you know, it could be anybody in the congregation with the exception of me. Um, so we, we have anywhere between 35 or 48 people a year that have the opportunity to share. And they, these people did a wonderful job. All right, so give them another hand clap. We normally call you up, but social distancing, you know, we have to do things a little different. You know, I, uh, because of the pieces of what they share, I was just amazed watching it lines up with some of the things that we're going to talk about today. I'll probably reference quite a few uh, people. I do want to say, um, uh, just for the sake of clarity and no misunderstanding, uh, uh, yesterday we were talking, uh, Destiny did a powerful teaching, just talking about not... Um, prejudging, you know, not prejudging people how, you know, sometimes you have, you have people that arrived, but she had a line, though. Don't suffer in your section. And what was the other one? Oh, uh, in Cushion Corner. Um, and so, so, so as she was packaging the teaching, the, the statement was uh, you receive favor in your sin, but that's, you know, you know how you have a lot of stuff in, in the processing through in your head and then you communicate a crystallized thought. She was still on the same thing of how you could be looking at someone and assuming that they're in sin because you see what they're practicing on the outside, not knowing what they're doing with their heart on the inside. So God will still favor that person and you'll be looking at it like, why is that person favored? Like, I just saw them yesterday do such and such, but you didn't see them in God's face. Right, so that was, uh, hopefully I did you some justice in how I articulated that. Okay. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's get into this, this, this word, Lord, I, I decrease that you increase. And let's hear what you have to say. We're going to talk about today, obviously, being content with God. See my guy up there resting in the clouds, the young ladies, you know, really constantly sleep in the, in the, in the graphics there. Um, as there's somebody interceding, worshiping in God's presence, you know, so... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, God help me with that one. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's go to Matthew 6. We're going to start out here with Matthew 6. Now, I tell you, I'm getting so used to these glasses, I was looking for my reading glasses. So, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it down. If you see me hesitating sometimes because there's three different ways of looking through these things, and sometimes if I don't have my hair right, I can't see all right, so Matthew 6, and we're going to start here at verse 19. It says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. It says, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. It says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Um, and then we could drop down here to verse 24. It says, uh, no man can serve two masters. Uh, it says, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. It says, therefore I say unto you, is that me? 
Oh, that's this right here? Uh, I guess I did, yeah. I guess it's around here somewhere. Is that it? Do you need me to put it on? Oh, okay. Sorry about that, y'all. Uh, <laughs> I can hear noises. Uh, it says, therefore I say unto you, key word here, uh, take no thought for your life what you shall eat and what you shall drink, uh, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body more than raiment. Right? So, so the key word there is take no thought. Let's go down here, verse 31. It says, therefore, it says, therefore, where's the other mic? The blue and white. Is it? Excuse me, y'all. Sorry about that. There you go. All right. Okay. All right, so, so we good now? Yeah, yeah, we good. All right, it says, therefore, take no thought, saying, that says, what we, shall, uh, what we shall eat or what we shall drink or wherewith where shall we be clothed. It says, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father know if you have need of these things. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So it's saying, take no thought. Don't worry for us with that. That's saying what it says, take no thought for for what you need. Basically what it's saying is be content. Be content. Verse 25 says this in the, uh, I believe it's the uh, contemporary English version. It says, I tell you not to worry about your life. Don't worry about having something to eat, drink, or wear. Isn't life more than food or clothing? And let's go here to John 14, 27. John 14, 27. familiar scripture. It says, peace I leave with you. Um, and it says, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now when it says peace, that word is irene, uh, E-I-R-E-N-E. It means prosperity and rest. So he says, prosperity and rest I leave with you, I give unto you. Uh, Philippians 4, 7, uh, we'll go there real quick, setting a little foundation for what we're going to talk about. Philippians 4, could quote it, but that's probably, it's good to look at it sometimes. Philippians 4, 7, it says, look, and the peace of God, there's that word again, which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Again, that's the same word, irony, nothing missing or lacking, your prosperity and rest. So here God wants us to operate in a level of peace. Uh, we know the scripture says the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He says my cup runneth over. Basically what he's saying in Psalm 23, I'm content. He's saying I'm content. Uh, Isaiah 26. Let's go to Isaiah 26 real quick. Well, just for the sake of time, I'll just reference it. Uh, it says he'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on him. So he'll keep us content if we're locked in on him. He'll keep us content. Now, that word perfect peace is, is shalom. It's your welfare. It's your rest. 
is safe prosperity and it's it's holy you have everything you need right so if our mind is stayed on him so so now think about this for a second so if the adversary wants to take to, to to take us out he needs to get us in or i'm sorry discontented right the not content because then now we're going to get desperate now we'll uh kick and scream we'll trip we'll get fearful but if we're focused on god we're at peace we're content in the position that we're in at the time. You know, uh, Tianjin was teaching this week, and, and his topic was finding your placement, right? Right. And so, so it's something about when you find your placement, you feel a different peace, right? Like you feel like, I'm good. I, I can kind of ride this out, right? But, but you're not looking to your left or your right because you found your placement. Like you didn't say find everybody else's placement. You said your placement, right? And so what it is is find your place where you can be content, right? Your placement to be content. I thought that was uh, powerful. Uh, La Barbara was sharing, you have everything in God. If we recognize it, we have everything in God. We try everything else, but we have everything in God. And, you know, I, I was thinking through even what uh, Destiny was teaching you. Uh, the topic was, are we there yet? Is that right? And she was saying, so was, you know, so you're looking to get there and you're discouraged with being here, but, you, but what about being content? See, what about being content in your process, your stage, your process, your design to fulfill what God has designed you for? Because there's no comparison to you. Where you get frustrated is when you try to be dumb. You can't fly with somebody else's wings. It's impossible, Right? You, you just got to utilize your own wings. So to be content is resting in God. To be content is resting in God. All right? And so, so Philippians 4, they use this scripture for uh, before wide as the sky. So let's, uh, Philippians 4, let's go there. This, you can't make this stuff up. I was telling them, I said, y'all using that scripture? Philippians 4. And then let's look at 11 and 12. All right, so verse 11 says this. It says, not that I speak in respect of want or need, for I've learned in whatsoever state I, I am, you know, because it's pretty much what you was talking about, right? Uh, whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. It says, I know both how to be abased, or that's humble, or I know how to be and how to abound, like dominate. It says, everywhere in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. But, I, but I'm not tripping in, in, in the position I'm in, right? I'm content in my process. I'm going to read this uh, out of the Amplified. It says, now... Not that I speak from any personal need uh, or deficiency, another version says. For I have learned to be content and self-sufficient through Christ, satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or uneasy regardless of my circumstances. See, so some of us, we're fine as long as there's no circumstances. If there's circumstances, we flip and trip. But this... But, but, but remember when uh, somebody mentioned this this week, uh, Peter walking on the water, right? 
right? So, 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 so the master comes out on the water. Jesus comes out on the water. Peter's in the boat, and they, 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 they tripping because of the circumstances, right? So they, Jesus said, ah, oh, it's just me. <laughs> like, I love Jesus. I, I learned a lot from him, a matter of factly. You walking on water, you're like, oh, y'all, it's just me. What's up? What's, what's the problem? Why, why y'all tripping? You know, because for him, walking on water was normal. Like, so he wasn't going, I know y'all tripping. The scripture doesn't say, I know y'all tripping because I'm walking on water. It just said, what, what's, what's happening? He says, no, don't be afraid, it's me. And so, so Peter says, okay, you out there in the water, so if it's you, bid me to come out on the water. And I think I heard somebody say this week, why didn't all of them go? <laughs> it was you, right? So, so that was Minister Lamar. I was to make sure it's on recorded. <laughs> Minister Lamar said this week, <laughs> right? Um, and so, so he goes out on the water. He's walking on water. Come on. That should be enough right there for the rest of his life. I've walked on water. What else can't I do? The storms start dancing and boom, boom. And he looked at the storm and started to sink. So he was walking on water until he looked at the circumstances. But he should have kept his eyes where? On Jesus, right? He should have been content. I'm with Jesus. It can storm. It can flip. All the water could evaporate, and I'll just be walking on air if I have to because I'm with Jesus, right? And so, but, so he was okay with doing a miracle, something impossible, as long as it wasn't any circumstances. And Jesus looked at him and said, why'd you doubt? Oh, because of the circumstances? I can't deliver you like I did before? This is different. Oh, this is a big one, Jesus. You can't do this one. Well, why can't I? I did it before. What's that song? He'll do it again, right? <laughs> right? All right, so, so, so that's basically what this, the, the scripture is saying. Don't worry about the circumstance. It's, look, look, I know how to get along and live humbly in difficult times, right? And I also know how to enjoy abundance and live in prosperity. In any and every, every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing life, whether well-fed or going hungry, whether having and abundance or being in need. I'm content. So regardless of the circumstances, I'm content. Because some of us have been hungry, but you ain't hungry now. Some of us have been in abundance and ain't in abundance now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so you, 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 your life has ebbs and flows, but if you're with God, don't worry about how, how the waves go. Just know that you'll be riding them smoothly, all right? All right, so 2 Corinthians 9, let's look at this here. And I think if we get this content part, we'll start to accelerate in our lives. You know, I think that's the hold of The hold of is we don't trust God. But we want the results of trusting God, right? In some cases, obviously, there's people in here that trust God, right? All right, so, so 2 Corinthians 9, 6. It says, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. It says, every man according as he purpose, purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That ye, look at this, always having all sufficiency 
in all things may abound unto every good work. Right? Having all sufficiency in all things. Having all sufficiency. That word sufficiency is the word, uh, it's a, let me see, autarkia. It's A-U-T-A-R-K-I-A-H. It's the Greek word for it. It means contentment. Having all sufficiency is contentment in all things. And, and so, so, but it's interesting how he led up to the scripture. He says, you know, you, uh, you, you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly, you throw bountifully, you reap bountifully. Well, why would someone sow sparingly? They're not content. So they're, 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 they're living, they, they're, they almost think what, what little bit I have. Remember the guy that said, you know, I, I got all this stuff. I'm going to build some barns and store it in the barns, you know. Our thing is to be rest, rested in God. The person that's resting in God is a generous person, right? The, 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 the discontented aren't generous. The generous person are, are, is liberal in giving, giving their time. We were talking about this in Master Life. We were talking about giving your time, giving yourself, extending yourself to that person matures, dealing with their pushback and stuff like that, just giving them the truth and love no matter what because you care more about them than being liked. Right? But a generous person can do that. They'll give up themselves so that person can be become what they pur- their purpose to do. One of the things when you're called to pastor, we're called to pastor, we have to give up ourselves, look bad, deal with persecution, uh, uh, heartache, pain, giving everybody an opportunity to become what they're supposed to become. You have to be fully generous. You know? And so some of us are tight because we're not content. And that's what our time, that's what serving the kingdom, that's what our resources. All right, so this is, look, God can bless you with everything you need, and you will always have more than enough to do all kinds of good things for others. And that's, again, that's the uh, contemporary English version of the same verse. So God can bless you with everything you need, and you'll always have more than enough to do all kinds of good things for others. But when you're not generous and your life is not about others, when you're not content in what God has purposed you to do, why would God give you all these things? Right? That makes sense, right? Let's look at 2 Corinthians 3, 5. Just a few chapters over. 2 Corinthians 3, 5. This is big. It says, not that we have... Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is, is of God. When I teach spiritual authority, watch when the book says, there's no competency in ourselves. So we have to be content in God getting the glory, not in us getting the shine. We have to be content in leaning to God's word and his will and not to our own understanding. Right? Not that we are, uh, are sufficient or comp- or, or uh, competent or content of ourselves, right? But our sufficiency, our contentment is of God. Uh, the, the, uh, again, the contemporary English version. We don't have the right to claim that we have done anything on our own. God gives us what it takes to do all that we do. Even when uh, 2 Corinthians 12, we don't have to go there, but 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 12 as uh, Paul said, lest I should be exalted through the abundance of revelation, it was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, unless I should be exalted through the abundance of revelation. Right? He says, I besought the Lord thrice, 
you know, uh, he, uh, and God said, my grace is sufficient. In your time of weakness, I'm made strong. He says, so therefore, I'll glory in tribulations and necessities and persecution. Because when I'm weak, I'm strong. How many of us glory in persecutions? Are, are we content that God can resurrect us from there, or are we trying to resurrect ourselves? Or, or are we trying to defend ourselves, save face? See, when we're content in God, we're like, God got it. People coming at you crazy be like, okay, <laughs> you know, God got it, as opposed to reacting. You know what I'm saying? Like, are we content? Are we resting in God? Are we really, because that scripture says my grace is sufficient. What I have for you and design for you is enough to keep you at rest and at peace, regardless of the circumstance. So this is what the circumstance is trying to do. It's trying to pull us out of the presence of God. So it pulls you out of the presence of God. Everything that you need is in the presence of God. His presence is fullness of joy. His right hand pleasures forevermore. Right? You're content in the presence of God. So the circumstances aren't just trying to rattle you. It's trying to remove you out of, as Tiandre said, your placement. Right? Because you're, you, you'll be fulfilled in your placement. Whatever the circumstances that come at you, you're in God's presence. You know, as the, uh, the Suttons were saying, you know, you can, you can operate and communicate out of a preference or God's presence. So, so if he pulls you out of God's presence, you'll be operating what? Based on what you guys say, what? Out of preference, right? Lean into your own understanding. What he just said is no competency of us. Our, 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 our contentment is in God, not in ourselves, not in our intellect, not in our jobs, not in our status, not in our badge, not in our calling. Our contentment is in God. That's where our peace rests, in God, right? Can you see that? So, so the scripture tells us to be filled with all the fullness of God, Ephesians 3.19. Filled with all the fullness of God, right? So to be filled is to be complete and satisfied, right? Fullness is a, um, a word similar to copiousness, and that's abundance, more than adequate quantity or supply bountifully. Right? So be filled with fullness is I have more than enough. As David said in, in Psalm 23, my cup is running over. So I'm content in the presence of God because I have more than enough for what I need in any situation I'm in. And if I need more, God will give me that. And if I need more, God will give me that. So whatever I need in whatever situation, God, if I need more love, he'll give me that. More patience, he'll give me that. More resources, he'll give me that. Right? More healing, he'll give me that. More wisdom to navigate through the situation. We were in our second location. And so when we, well, this is true. So, so I'm not saying this to make y'all feel bad. All right, so we moved. So when we acquired the building, it was all lit up. Stages, everything was lit up. And then so then when it was time for us to move in, we walked in, and there was no lights. So they had everything based on trust going all the way around, and lights coming out. So they took down all the trust, took the lights. Then there was one other big thing. So, and they also had this big screen in the back, so where they would project everything on. So when we showed up, the screen's gone, and all the lights are gone. So the stage was dark, pitch black dark, and there was this big uh, air conditioning unit, and I'm going to try to think, the width of the, you know, the little circular thing, probably was about like this big. And it was going from the top of the ceiling all the way across. I was like, man, how are we going to have service? we got a big air vent behind us. And we ain't got no lights. 
Matter of fact, the first service, if I stepped the wrong way, you couldn't see me. And so we had to figure out a way to bring in lighting. So I figured out a way, I'm just telling y'all, but like, you know how they had the little clip lights with the aluminum around them? I went into Lowe's, I said, wait a minute, we could use those. So I put a big beam up and clipped the lights. And so we created our own little lights that way so we could have at least some lighting on the stage. But then we had the, the biggest problem was this air duct and there was nothing to connect anything to cover it. It was so big and so wide. So uh, me and Isaac was in there and, and I said, Isaac was like, so, so, so how are we going to do this? Because you're just trying to figure out how to connect the wires. And we were climbing on beams. My, it, was, it was very high. My wife wasn't happy when she found out because he was out there, like, taking risks. Um, but he asked me a question. He said, you know, he said, how are we going to do it? He's like, well, how did you think of doing it? I said, Isaac, this is the key. There's wisdom for every day. Even if you, you get into a situation this week or you're in a situation right now, which a couple of you are, right, and you're saying to yourself, one, I'm tired of this, and enough is enough, but, but, but I'm, I guarantee you there's wisdom from that position. If, you, if you're content in God, there's wisdom for everything. Similar to what we talked about on uh, Resurrection Sunday, God can resurrect you from there. God can resurrect you from there, but if you start getting fearful, you start getting antsy, you start getting in the flesh, you get out of God's presence, you're going to stay stuck there. Right? So there's wisdom for everything. So there's wisdom for the situation you're in now, is, but you got to be in God's presence to get it. Right? So everything God is doing in this, in, in this life that he's given us is, is uh, to make us whole. He, he doesn't want nothing missing, nothing lacking. You know, that's not mine. I got that from of Gloria Copeland, and it wasn't her. She got it from Oral Roberts, <laughs> right? But everything God is doing is to try to make us whole. The interesting thing is, I and I heard this stated, um, uh, I was listening to a teaching, it might have been Gloria Copeland, I'm not sure, or Oral Roberts, one of them. Uh, the word shalom, you always hear, you know, the Jewish word shalom. It means, is anything missing? So when they would greet each other, is anything missing? Do you have all you need? That, that was the greeting. So it was people rolling in abundance because God was blessing them. And when they roll up on you, instead of going, oh, I wonder what they want. You know, you, you know how when you get the call from the family member and you'd be like, ah, I'm not answering that call. You know, they probably want something, right? Why? Because you're, you're, if you're not, your cup's not running over, you're like, listen, man, I don't know how to tell them, no, I ain't got it. Right? But that's not how they greeted people. Hey, hey, hey. Is there anything you need? Is there anything missing? Anything lacking? Look, look. Are you content? And if you wasn't, oh, we need to make that happen. We cannot have you going, living in this life and not being content. So what do we need to do? In Acts chapter 4, when they sold everything to make sure everybody had what they need, they were so content in the power and the presence of God, moving with God, if somebody would, oh, oh, you have a need? Hey, well, well, I got about 10 houses. I'll sell this house. You, you got what you need now? Here. Then they came to the, 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 the apostles and said, here, man, here's some resources so everybody's content so we can do the work of the kingdom. Because they have ran into something special, signs, wonders, power of God. Fulfilled with the presence of God. When you feel the presence of God, ain't nothing else important. And it was like, we don't need to be dealing with everyday needs. That needs to be taken care of. We need to be content enough 
when someone comes around us, they get all of God and none of us. Well, sometimes people get in your circumstances. They get in your compromise. They get in your fears, right? They get in your, your, your lack. They get in your, your, your broken heart. I'm not saying it's to put down none of those stages. I'm saying God's design is for us, for people to get our fullness, for our cup to run over, right? You see that? See, 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 for them, contentment was a given. That's why, hey, 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 you need anything? <laughs> you have what you need? It's kind of what I be doing around the house. Yeah, you have what you need? You need anything? Right? See, and, but it all started, you know how, and, and, and hopefully we're, we're, we're so engulfed in love when we walk into the, uh, uh, the pearly gates, you know, DJ, we walk in. We're so engulfed with love, we're not going to think about some of the things that we went through on earth. And we can see Adam and Eve and be like, yo, my dog, what's up? I've been hearing about you as opposed to, I don't know if I want to talk to you right now. <laughs> you know, because of, you know, some of the choices in, in, in the beginning, right? Well, interesting thing is, that's where the process of contentment, that, that was the first contentment robbery. That's where it started. Because that was with God. In the presence of God. What else would you need? Who had created everything for them? <laughs> what else would you need? And the adversary, who, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. That was the second uh, contentment robbery. Why wasn't Lucifer content? Are you serious? You're with the angels. You're one of the top angels. You're one of the princes or an archangel. And... You have the responsibility of worship. You were made in jewels. And when you moved, beautiful sound came out of you. So out of all the angels, you were the top dog. You created the atmosphere for God. Wow. That wasn't good enough? You need more than that? Wasn't content. I will be like the most high. Oops. Like, like it wasn't even a blink. He was gone. Because lack of contentment can't be in heaven. Because if if lack of contentment can be in heaven, envy and jealousy could be there. I mean, so what, man? So what, Michael? So what? You, you won wars. You all right. You ain't all that. And Gabriel, since you know how to preach and everything, you got a word. Man, you ain't the only one got a word up in here. But they ain't wrong like that in heaven. Everybody values everybody. Even when the word talks about God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, it says they all reverence each other. You read through the scripture, they all reverence each other. It's not... Okay, well, first of all, I, I made everything. So up in this piece, you ain't all that. See, you went down and gave your life, but so what? Nobody's rolling like that. We roll like that. We think somebody's shine is our darkness. That, that it makes absolutely no sense. Instead of being content in our fearfully and wonderfully made design. Right? But it, it started with Eve. She, you know. Uh, failed the contentment test, right? See, the, the discontented are targets for bribery. If you're, if you're not content, you'll easily take a bribe. That's what happened to Eve, right? Here, take this. <laughs> no, 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 trust me, trust me. You'll get more than you have. You don't have enough. God ain't enough, right? So she took a bribe. And some of us have been taking bribes. Man, don't you think it's taking a little bit too long? 
such and such, they're already operating on what they purpose to do. They're already married. They're already doing stuff. Man, listen, why don't you just take this over here? I, I mean, I know it's not exactly what you want, but hey, who gets exactly what they want? Are you serious? Just take this right here. And on the other side of that is crazy. Right? It's always crazy on the other side of compromise. But how does that happen? Because we're not content. Ecclesiastes 7, 7. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. It says, for oppression makes a wise man foolish. Look, and a bribe corrupts the good judgment of the heart. So a person that was content, if they take a bribe, they'll lose, they'll, they're, they're, they'll go blind, they'll get blurred. And then they'll get greedy. And then they'll get covetous. And then they'll envy. And then they'll jealous. It's like, it, it doesn't just give you the bribe. It gives you everything else. And it pulls you right out of contentment. And what happens, see, what happened with, 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 with Adam and Eve, they were fine. But once they ate of that fruit, their eyes were opened up to need. They became thirsty, losing sight of the peace of God, the contentment of God. So, so think, it happens to us. We were in God's presence, content with God. Yeah, we was in God's presence, content with God. And then as soon as we took, took, took that offering, that bride, we lost sight of it. We lost, our eyes was open to need. See, in the presence of God, it's not like need is not there. You just know God got it covered. Because think about it. You know, you, you're having a great day and a bill comes to the house. And your whole countenance changes. Oh, my God. I didn't know about this bill. Hope I can pay this bill. Why are we going through all that? Because you get worried about it, they ain't going to pay the bill. It's not like as soon as you get worried, the bill evaporates, right? That don't happen, all right? The bill got to get paid, right? But the Bible says cast your cares, right? Right? Let God know. He'll take care of it. God, you got this, right? Because I don't have it. <laughs> right? And so, so, so we have to be content. See, contention, um, or to be content, uh, it's been rare. You know, it's been rare. We're trying to fight back to be content if we really realize it. You know, there's one religion that doesn't promise. A lot of, a lot of religions and, that are out here, the difference between being in the kingdom of God, none of them promise you contentment. That's how you measure it. There's one that offers you to die now and you can have a lot of sex later. Really? That's it? That's what I'm looking forward to heaven? Forty problems? I'm I'd say I didn't say. I just use, I just slipped some slip some clues in there. <laughs> now like what is that? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? But it doesn't promise you contentment. Let's go to first Timothy six. First Timothy six. I think if we, we master this contentment thing. You know how you're looking for that, that key, that missing piece, John? That's what it is. It's contentment. Contentment in God. Because sometimes we're doing okay, and then somebody offers us a bribe. Like, well, why don't you do this over here? Well, it, this will feel good. Like, they're not telling you this will, will take you to contentment. They're saying this will feel good in the moment. And what they're clouding you from is it won't fulfill you. It'll thrill you. And thrills don't last long. Fulfillment does. <laughs> right? So it's, it's, like a, it's like a setup. 
and, and you, you run it. Okay, good. Okay. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. You ain't tell me about this piece too, right? And so, so, so the goal is just we got to return to contentment. First, first Timothy 6, and let's look here at uh, verse 6. It says, but godliness with contentment is great gain, right? It's not just godliness, you know, not just a religious piousness, you know. With contentment in God is great gain. Because you can look like you have the form of godliness and denying the power thereof. You can look godly and not be content. Right? It says, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. It says, having no food or raiment, let us therewith what? Let us be therewith content. It says, but they, it says, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lust, which drown men in destruction and perdition. This is for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, that's not contentment, they have erred from the faith and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Especially saying chasing money. You know, and I'm, 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 I grew up in a culture where you would always hear this line, you know, I'm about that paper, man, I got to get that paper, man, I got to get that paper. And so the person is really saying, I'm, whatever I'm doing is okay because I'm trying to get the paper. So I could be selling something, stealing something, robbing something, but I'm about, about that paper, got to get that paper, man, about that paper, got to get that paper. And you're piercing yourself through with many sorrows because you're risking your life, you're risking jail time, you're risking all types of stuff. But it's, 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 you're caught up in keeping up as opposed to being content in God. Let me just read this out and amplify it. It says, but godliness actually is a source of great gain when accompanied by contentment. That contentment which comes from a sense of inner confidence based on the sufficiency of God. It says, for we brought nothing into the world. Now, obviously, we, can take, we can't, cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we shall be content or satisfied. But those who crave to be rich fall into temptation and a snare into and a snare and into many foolish, useful, godless, and hurtful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction and mis miserable perishing. So for love of money is the root of all evil. It is through this craving that some have been led astray and have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves through with many acute mental pangs. Yeah, that's the same word they use for a woman who's, who's having birth pains, right? Pains. It's the same phrase. It's like people are, are on the inside painful and they think if I, the more money I get, it'll soothe me. But, you know, I, I know... I know plenty of people. I, I know of a multi, 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 multi uh, millionaire tried to drive his, his vehicle off a cliff. Right? Just so, so obviously when the money wasn't enough. I know people that are dealing with sickness and disease in their family. All the money in the world is not helping them. Right? So the scripture didn't say don't have money. It said money is the root of all evil when you're lusting after. When you're craving after it. It didn't say don't have it. It's saying don't let it have you. Right? Be content in 
God's process of what you want to do because God's process will help you to handle all that you receive. You see what I'm saying? Like every level God takes you through, he prepares your character to handle what your gifting and ability will produce. So any resources you get at those levels, God's prepared you to handle it. But if you rush into levels that you're not ready for, it just corrupts you and pisses you through with many sorrows. Hebrews 13. Making any sense? All right. Getting through this quicker than I thought. All right, so uh, Hebrews 13, and we'll do verse 5. Verse 5. That word conversation in there, uh, uh, if you flip it in Greek, is manner of living, the life that you live. So it says, let your conversation or, or the manner in which you live be without covetousness. It says, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee or forsake thee. So he's saying, be content. I got you. God is saying, I got you. Uh, The Amplified says, let your character, look at this, your moral essence, your inner nature be free from the love of money. Shun greed, be financially ethical. It says, being content with what you have. For he has said, I will never, under any circumstance, desert you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless nor will I forsake or let you down or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. So I can, I can rest in God, right? I can rest in God. Somebody used this scripture too. Uh, I think Ms. Lamar referenced uh, Matthew 11. Uh, 11. Oh, you, you asked about it yesterday, right? So look at Matthew 11. So let's talk about contentment's friends. Contentment has some friends. Contentment has some enemies, too. So contentment's friends is, one of contentment's friends is resting in God. So uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29. This is, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Right? This is, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. And you shall find rest for your souls. Now, he says, I'm meek and lowly. What he's saying is, um, I'm empty of self. That's lowly of heart. That's humility. And I'm meek. I'm not self-seeking. Right? He says, he says uh, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Right? So he's basically saying, hey, hey, come on, rest in me. Rest in me. And basically, trust the engineer. Right? Trust the engineer. Uh, Psalm 139, verses 1 and verse 14, verses, verse 1 talks about search me. Look, no, you know why David was saying that? He's like, search me and see if I'm content in you. David was saying, hey, I qualify for what you promised me because if you search me, I'm content in you. Now, can we go before God and say, search my heart and see if I'm content in you? Or is there something else in there? Right? Is there something else in there? See, not only was he content in God, he was content in his design, which is pretty much slightly what you was talking about yesterday. He was content. See, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. So we should be cool with our design and our process to fulfill what we're purposed to do. Right? So, so, so David was confident because he was like, hey, you designed me, search me. See if I'm content in your design. So we say David was a man after God's own heart. You know, 
He was a man after God's own heart because David really trusted, trusted God. Regardless of circumstances. Oh, the scripture shows it. Because he was anointed to be king, went back to the sheep. He was content in that stage. Then his brothers and them, was, they were trained to be kings. They were on the front line. He was serving food, content in serving food, serving happy meals. Let me go show you guys happy meals, you know. Content in playing the harp before the king. Come on, man. You're a warrior. You're playing the harp. But he was content with that, serving the king. Then when he saw Goliath, heard Goliath, see, purpose start calling. While he was content in God, he can hear his call. He could have been in the same situation. Man, they out there look like they're having a serious battle. Look like they're taking some L's out there. <laughs> Man, that's too bad. No, no, no. He heard something different. I don't understand how they out there letting this guy talk about our God. So it wasn't even about I'm sweet. It was about something right here. How all y'all not responding to one of him talking about our God. Y'all got God. Y'all not content in God? If y'all have God... He can't defeat y'all. Y'all shaking. Some of, your, some of your armor falling off. You're shaking so hard. Well, I'll tell you why. I take them out. And I'm good. I don't need your armor. Just like I can't fly with nobody else's wings, I can't fight with nobody else's armor. No, no, no. I got this. No, no. I just work with what God gave me. I'm content with a slingshot and some stones. I'm good. Because if I need anything else, God will provide so I'm going to run at this dude with one stone, and if it's something else needed to take him out, God will have to provide it. I'm content that God ain't forget, won't leave me. I know, man, there was a lion and a bear that attacked me. And God took care of me. Because I didn't run. I was like, I'm out here tending your sheep, so we're going to have to take this lion out, take this bear out. I'm content in God. Resting in God. Um. There's a song, ah, I apologize, forgot the name of it, but I know it's by Maverick City. And in the, the lyrics, it says, search me. You know what's supposed to be there. Oh, the song is when I look into your eyes. <laughs> Woo, some of us ain't looking into God's eyes. You know, you know how you're talking to somebody, and you know you ain't doing right? And you be, you're talking to them, you're talking to them like this? They're right here. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah I, I got you, I got you. Because you don't, you don't want it eye to eye. But, but that song says, when I look into your eyes. So you have to look in God straight in the eye. He says, search me. You know what's supposed to be there. <laughs> Can we do that? Are we open to God like that? Or, or are we like when Adam, when Adam and Eve sinned and God showed up, they was high. <laughs> God had to find them. Did God have to find you? Well, you open before him, right? Search me to see if I'm missing anything. That's basically what the scripture is saying. Search me to see if I'm robbed of content. Another friend of uh, contentment is patience. A very close friend, patience. Hebrews 10.36, you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise, right? So you have to be content in what? Doing the will of God and being patient in doing it. Knowing that when you do that, what? You're going to receive the promise, right? Right? And so the will of God, is it, hey, 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 
Is the will of God comfortable? Is the will of God comfortable? It's stretching, ain't it? <laughs> but guess what? But you know your contentment is not how, if it's comfortable or not. Your contentment is, I know once I complete the will of God and God, there's no temptation taking me, but such is common to man. God is faithful with the temptation. He'll make a way of escape that I'll be able to bear it. I'm content in that too. First, first Corinthians 10, 13, right? Right? And I know on the other side of this is my fulfillment. Everything I'm looking for. So I can't, I'm tempted to what? Run. Right? I'm tempted to, 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 to get out of there. Scripture says, uh, uh, resist the devil and he'll flee. Run with terror, right? It tells us to flee fornication and run with terror. We be fleeing God. Running in terror from God. No, we got to stay there. What? Isaiah 46, I mean, Psalm 4610, be still and know that I'm God. Be still and rest in contentment that no matter what happens, when this cut comes, it's just going to take away what's restricting my connection to my fulfillment. That's, that's what circumcision is. It cuts away. That's what's getting in the way of, of the connection. But you can't move. You have to be still because something vital may get cut. Right? That's where the scripture came from. Be still and know that I'm, know that I'm God. Be content in me. Stop shaking. Stop moving. See, this is the thing. The word patience, I read this, uh, it's like it's, you stay or abide one spot. To It's like a soldier. You stay and abide one spot to maintain territory that's been gained. In a military sense, to picture soldiers who were ordered to maintain their positions even in the face of fierce combat. To divinely stick it out regardless of the pressure mounted against it, against them. They had to endure regardless of the circumstances. Hey, this is your spot. You, 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 I mean, I'm, I haven't been on a battlefield. I, I'm just movies here. <laughs> but did you see all the bullets flying? Uh, what's the, is it Heartbreak Ridge? What's the one with a the, with the guy? He was a Christian. He wouldn't use a weapon. Hacksaw. Hacksaw Ridge? I don't know if y'all saw It's a great movie. But he wouldn't use a weapon the whole time. And they're like this skinny, weak, fool. But, but he's a picture of contentment. You need to go watch the movie. Picture contentment because it was against, he believed it was against his religion to use weapons. And they, they were punking him the whole movie. But when, when, when the battle was fierce, him being content with God, he went into the face of the enemy without weapons. They had weapons. Oh, my bad. He went into the face of the enemy with, with the, the main weapon, God. <laughs> That's a true story. That's not just from the Bible. That's actually a true story. Right? You, you understand what I'm saying? So we content, we'll do something. See, contentment is supernatural, man. It's a supernatural thing. See, the scripture says, I'm apprehending that which is apprehending me. I'm content in apprehending God, and I'm content with him apprehending me. I don't really care about what's happening in the world. Philippians 3.14. Right? I'm, I'm content with that. Right? Um, so this is the thing. We have to remain content in the place where the Lord has placed us. You know, the Bible says God set the members in the body as it pleases him. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 18 and Psalm 92, 13. 
they, they be, I saw you. They to be planning the house of the Lord shall flourish in a, in a courts. But I don't want to focus on that. I said God set the members of the bodies to please them. That's 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 18. So, interesting enough, destiny referenced another version of these two scriptures. But we're going to read them from another version. Um, I told you, all y'all messages was, was lockstep, preparing the way for today. So, uh, Romans 9, 19. Romans 9, 19. I think Destiny used Isaiah yesterday. Yeah. All right, so it says, uh, That will say, say then unto me, Why does he yet find fault who has uh, resisted his will? Now, but, O oh man, who art thou that replieth against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Has not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel to honor and another to dishonor? What if God willing to show his wrath or to make his power known endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted for destruction? Right? So, so oh, let me just read verse 23. And that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he has afore prepared unto his glory. So this is saying God designed the vessel. Let's go here to Jeremiah 18. I just want to read it in Jeremiah 18 real quick. Jeremiah. So, so again, that verse is like, a lot of times we're kicking and screaming. Uh, uh, Destiny used the example of, uh, uh, what did you call it? A car shop? Car repair repair place, and she said, "So you have a bunch of cars in a car repair repair place." Last week, I said, "You have you have a bunch of cars in a car repair place," and she says, "You know, um, and they're all in there for repair." So what I saw when she was talking is, I noticed the cars in a repair place don't question the mechanic. Like I've never, I said, "Yeah, I go to repair places all the time. I never see the cars in there fighting." Man, get your hands off me. Man, why you turn that screw? I don't want that spark plug. Why you give me that brand? You know, I want this brand. Where'd you purchase those from? AutoZone? No, no, no. You need to go to the dealer. I don't see no arguments or nothing. The car has just received the adjustments, the corrections, and the repairs. Right? And so this scripture is so interesting here. And I believe for the sake of time, we'll close out with this particular scripture at least for this week. Uh, and that's uh, Jeremiah 18, and we'll start here, verse 4. It says here, And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in his hand. It's talking about the potter putting together a, a, a vessel or a pot. It says, The vessel that he made of clay was marred in his hand, in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel uh, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, cannot, cannot I do with you as this potter, said the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. So this example was the potter made a pot, and when he finished it, he's like, ah, I don't really like the way that looked. So he just messed it all up and built another one, right? And he says, and God is saying, you're the clay, I'm the potter. So why aren't you just content with what I'm doing? 
You know, as opposed to questioning every step of the way and how it's supposed to plan out. The thing is, like, what I've seen is uh, my life has been impacted for by a lot of great men and women. Um, you know, I didn't necessarily grow up with a lot of, well, I don't want to say it that way. I probably grew up with a lot of great men and women that didn't discover their greatness. That's probably a better way of putting it. Um, but God had saw fit to have me ex be exposed to a lot of different great men and women. But all of them had a testimony, a different type of testimony. You know, like everybody didn't have the same testimony. Every, everybody went through different processes. Some of them weren't living for the Lord, and the, the wife had to win them to God. Uh, some of them, uh, I remember uh, Dr. Halp, he's in St. Louis, he gave his testimony how they didn't have no food or nothing, they didn't even have lotion, so what he would do is, he says, back in the day, people used lard. And so he would take the lard and put it on his face, but he would go to school, and on, on the summertime when it was hot, everybody in the classroom would be turned back looking at him like, like, what's that smell? Like, it's, <laughs> like but it was him, because he put the lard on his face. You know, like, he, you know, he said, but he, you know, he did what he had to do. Like, and I remember him breaking down crying. Uh, like, the whole church was crying as day, based on his testimony. But, you know, so... And I remember having a conversation with my son when my son turned 28, which was 14 years ago. Well, I guess July, 15 years ago. And, and I said, son, I'm not worried about you. I'm praying for you. And he said, huh, Dad? I said, who am I to say what your process is? I said, I don't know what your process is. I said, I rededicated, I re rededicated my life, refocused, locked into God at 28, going on 29. I said, I'm sitting here before you living for God. So who's to say what your process is? So we have to be content in God because God knows everybody's process. He knows your child's process. And so if we rest in God, one, we can keep people covered through their process. If we get pulled out of God's presence, they may be in their process uncovered. So who's to say what their process is? Who's to say what AJ's process is? It's my guy, right? Or Hezekiah. But if we stay in God's presence, they'll get the intercession they need to get to what they need to do in their particular process. You see what I'm saying? But us, our, our worry and our panic is not what changes. The Bible says this in 1 Peter 3. Even when, a, uh, let's say, uh, there's been people, that's, women that's been married to guys that's been clouded, lost, out of it. And so they go, he just need to get themselves together. Almost like, I'll get myself together when he gets himself together. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that young lady won the man over by her manner of living. By how she lived. And it so influenced him, he gave his life to God. Suppose God put that lady in his life for him to see God through her. But she's waiting for him to see God through just the church or see God through you know, uh, all the CDs she brings to the house. But suppose he's supposed to really see God through her. As she grows in God and he sees the anointing, the power, the presence of God, the favor of God, the impact of God. And he sees how she responds to him different than she ever did before she got God. What would that do? So there's the testimony you've heard it before, but uh, I believe it's Smith Wigglesworth. Uh, his wife was going to church. And he was like, okay, keep going to church. I'm going to lock the door. So she goes to church. God's first in her life. She goes to church, she comes back home. He 
changed the door locks. So she couldn't get in. So they had to swing on the porch. So what she did was she went and grabbed a blanket, wrapped herself in a blanket, sat down and leaned on the door, wrapped in a blanket, and fell asleep. And the next morning, he gets up to get the newspaper, opens the door. She falls in. Boom. Gets up, says, honey, what do you want for breakfast? He dropped to his knees and said, the God that you have, I need because I don't deserve that type of love. So she changed his life by her staying content in God. A story of Helen Baylor. Helen Baylor used to travel as the backup singer for Shaka Khan back in the day. But she gives her life to the Lord at Dr. Fred Price's church in California. Sat down for the church for a while. She started living for the Lord. But she met her husband on the road. He was a road manager, but he sold drugs. And so when they met, they were getting high together. And so she's, she's not getting high. She's living for God. And so she would go, go out to church. He would, you know, got his do-rag on, smoking, doing, what he was supposed to, doing, doing whatever he's doing. So she would be getting frustrated. So he'd be like, so, so, so what do we have for dinner? She says, I'm fasting. You know, everything was like a shot. And then so she goes to church and she hears this word on winning them over by your manner of living. And God says, what does the Bible say you're supposed to do? Are you content in what you're supposed to do? Don't look at him. What are you supposed to do? So she changed her whole focus. She would go out to church. She would leave him food. She would take care of him. She would operate as if he was a solid man of God, even though he wasn't. And so one day, he had to drop off at church. So, so she was like, okay, I right, thank you for dropping me off. He said, no, 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 I'm going in. So he dropped off, goes in, gives his life to the Lord, and his life changed forever. Why? Because she was content in God. See, when we hustling, we're not content in God. And so it, we could be forfeiting the very thing, the, the, the very position that we need to be in to actually get the things we need and influence the people God wants us to influence. So I just encourage everybody, return to being content in God. Return to resting in God, having a peace in God, being patient in God. Give God a shot. I guarantee you he'll resurrect you from there. All right, stand to your feet.